Good afternoon, good afternoon. This is Blessed Sport Podcast, another amazing and interesting episode. I have my other end from Puerto Rico, specializes in pole vault for the national team. We got Yamara Planel. Yamara, thank you for taking the opportunity. It's been hectic. We've been going on and off, but <laughs> finally we got it. We got it today and hopefully it goes well. But before we go on, today's episode is sponsored by Viela Crafted. Viela Crafted, she specializes in handmade stuff. You can see right here her information. I'll put it on the description. She does handmade. Look at these amazing stuff and also some mugs, some car fresheners, and more. Some Nice. Coasters. <laughs> all right, all right. This episode we're gonna do it Spanglish. If my English is my second language, but let's get to it. Yamara, how are you feeling today? How how's everything going on for you it's as good. an athlete? It's good, hectic. It's a double life because I'm training, but I'm also working. So then I I just got in from my job, so hectic, but still good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So let's get into it. I have this like break the ice thing, getting to know the athletes and we call it, I forgot the word, but it's getting to know the athletes and it's all rapid questions. So what's your favorite color? Purple. What's your favorite food? Uh, besides Boricua, <laughs> so besides Puerto Rican food. Uh, I like sushi. I do, yeah. Sushi, okay. Um, what's your favorite actor or actress? That's tough for me. Like, I don't have like a favorite. Like, I like movies and stuff, but I don't even know their names half the time. <laughs> uh, so, don't pick me for Jeopardy on that. <laughs> I mean, all right. So we'll get into it. So, when did you start um, practicing polvo? Uh, towards the end of my junior year of high school. So I was a little late to the game, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was like, I started 11th grade running track, the 400. Yeah. I did one year university. And I was like, nope. This <laughs> but yeah, it, um, it was hard for me. It was hard because I was in a natural. I ran in high school, 11th and 12th. And then I did one year and I was like, this is too much. I had to do hurdles to get my time down, and I was like, no. And I did pole oh, vault. Yeah. I got fourth place, but I was like, nope. And the nah. first time that, that pole vault <laughs> bent, I was like, no, 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 no. I got scared, and I hit it with my behind. And I was like, oh, man, if I had jumped or pulled my behind up, yep. I, I would have won bronze in La Junta. But, oh. but those were the days. But, but yeah. Um, <laughs> So did at how, least you tried you, it. I tried. We won champions, so I have a ring. So it, it didn't matter. Yeah, we won. So nothing is to know. Um, how how did it go when you started doing pole vault in high school in your junior year? How how was it? How was the experience doing it? Injuries? Yeah. Tell me. Talk talk well, to us I about think, everything. I think, I think in high school most of us are pretty injury like resistant. Like, yeah, yeah, we we get. 
I was like, we get shin splints and we don't care. We don't care. Like we're, we're great. We just, we just like go on through, push through. It's totally fine. But no, it was, it was fun. It was hectic. I didn't know any better. So it was just a fun thing to do. And I was, I had a competitive nature. I had the gymnastics background. So it, I just excelled at it. Um, and it was just kind of a random thing. Like I never planned on it. It's just, I was at a hurdle, a hurdling camp and a coach came up and said, Hey, have you thought about pole vaulting? And I was like, sure, why not? I was crazy enough to do gymnastics for seven years. I might as well try pole vault. And then added that to the resume. I started pole vaulting, but I did the four by four, the four by one, the long jump, the high jump. So I was doing a little bit of everything in high school. And then my senior year is when we realized like, oh, this could really be something. Um, and then we started to like stop doing other events and just focus on the pole vault. And so that's kind of how it played out in the beginning. And did you win? Uh, my junior year went super well and I, and I won and everything. And then my senior year, it was one of those like tragic stories where everything that could go wrong, like did go wrong. Like our four by one was ranked third in the state. Our coach made a switch in the lineup and put in a different starter and everything and switched the order around and went from third to 13th. Like it was, it was just a mess. One of those things, like it was raining and we were out in the rain trying to pole vault and nothing really worked out for me. <laughs> But it was still fun, so it's okay. it's high school. Yeah. So let, let let's move on. Um, after high school, you went to San Jose City College. Yes. And when you went over there, you were doing pole vault. Um. Yes. So in high school, um, our school didn't have pole vault. So the coach that told me that I should try it was actually a college coach, and so. We didn't have the facilities or anything. So once a week, I would drive down to the college and I would practice with him. And then when my senior year didn't go as well as we, th as we thought it did, because my junior year, I jumped like 11-6, something like that. So my senior year, we thought I was going to really, really blow up because it was the first year that I was actually like focusing just on the pole vault versus my junior year where I just did everything and I wasn't really paying attention to it. And then um, my senior year, I only improved two inches um and I did deal with like injuries and everything like that so they're like the school that I wanted to go to was University of Washington because they were known for the pole vault and, he, and the coach there was one of the best pole vault coaches in, in the nation and I knew that I wanted to go to the Olympics and I knew that I wanted to represent Puerto Rico and all that stuff um so everything else kind of felt like settling like I did have college offers from like Hawaii they call me for not probably crazy for not going and then like Nevada and other schools, but it just didn't feel right. So um, that coach from Washington was like, why don't you go to a junior college? Uh, and then so I ended up going to a junior college with the coach that had originally recruited me to pole vault. And I stayed there for two years. And that's kind of like what really allowed me to grow and actually focus because for the first time I was, I was going to the weight room, I was lifting, I was actually like training for the pole vault versus in high school where you know how it is, you show up to the track and you do a couple drills here and there and that's it. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so when when did you transfer? Because I, I I already know your background. When what year? Or when did you transfer to I transferred, Washington? I did. Yeah, I did the usual two years. So um, and usually here it's a two year transfer. So I did my two years at San Jose City College, got my associate's degree and everything, and transferred to uh, to University of Washington. Like while I was here, it went well. Like I broke I broke the state record in the pole vault for the junior college. Like I, um, I had the school record, I, I PR'd, I 
I think I went to my very first uh, Centroamericano Juvenil, um, and I went to the yep. Mundial Juvenil and everything. Um, and then from there, I transferred to University of Washington. So then I did my junior, senior year in Washington, and then I had a third year um, because in California, we don't do indoor seasons, so the NCAA allows you that extra year. So okay. I, I did two and a half years at Washington. That's, that's, that's amazing. Um, you talked about the records, all that. You have, you represented Puerto Rico. You already talked about Central American and Caribbean games. You got silver in 2014, Veracruz in Povo, in Ibero. Yes, that was my adult one. Yep. You, uh, no sé cómo decir la palabra. Ibero American Championships. You got silver. Uh -huh. Yeah. How how is it? How is the transition? Because I already talked to some. It's different for track athletes. It's different like basketball. Like basketball, they, they just, they pick. But how, for Puerto Rico, how, ¿cómo lo escogen a ustedes o cómo es que ustedes representan en los eventos? Like you do poco, like Andre, he was saying, he just goes to a lot of events, a competencia. And with those timings and all that, that's how, they go and represent. ¿Cómo es el, pro, el proceso para representar? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's changed over the years. Um, when I first, well, I, for, for starters, like we have the ability to represent either USA or, or Puerto Rico. That's a choice that every American citizen gets. And Puerto Rico being a territory, you get that choice. Um, in my case, I always knew that I wanted to represent Puerto Rico. I mean, I, I was born there. I was raised there. Left my junior year from Bucanan. Um, I had done gymnastics already in Puerto Rico for seven years, and I had gone to Panamericano Juveniles and stuff in gymnastics for Puerto Rico, so it was never a question of who I was going to represent. Um, it was just a matter of question of what I was going to do, and it ended up being pole vaulting. And for that, at the, at the beginning, back in those days, it was much harder to represent Puerto Rico because there was this big, like, you're not at the island, so there was this big thing like we get a gringo hanging at people and all that other stuff. So, so it was us basically like reaching out to them and being like, hey, these are my best marks. These are this is what I'm doing. Like I really want to be on the team. Blah blah blah. Because back then there was a lot of like prejudice. Like they didn't really want like outsiders on the team. Yeah. Um, versus versus now where they actually go out and recruit and they look for people that are in the U.S. that have a Puerto Rican last name and they try to recruit them on the team. Um, but for track and field, the, the way it used to work was you would hit standards. So they say, for example, in the pole vault, oh, you got to jump 12 feet. And if you jump 12 feet, then now you qualify for certain things. You qualify for so the higher you jump, the bigger the events that you go to. Say for the Olympics. For the Olympics, you had to jump 450, which is 14 feet, 9 inches. If you hit that standard, then you qualify to go. And then... Puerto Rico, obviously, it's in them to decide if they're going to take you or not, but that's that was their rule. If like you hit standards, you go. That's how you make the team. Like you, You've got to hit the, the standards that they put in place. Um, and now it's kind of the same thing, except now um, the World Athletic Organization, which is in charge of all track and field in, in the world, um, they've kind of like steered away, and they're trying to do like a point system. So now they still have qualifying standards that you have to meet to go to world championships and stuff like that, but they also have a ranking system. So their whole goal is for 50% of the athletes that qualify to, let's say, the Olympics, um, 
are going to qualify with the standard. And what they did is they made a, a really hard standard. Like, let's say you got to run nine seconds in the 100. So it was really hard. So that way, only like 50% of people or less would qualify via the, the automatic qualifying one. And then everybody else has the point system. And the point system is what Andres says. You go to all these meets in different places. Um, they're worth different amounts of points. They're different categories. They're silver, gold, bronze meets, A, B, C, D, E, F meets. And each meet gives you a certain amount of points, depending on how exclusive and how high ranking it is, that goes to your world ranking. And then those points pile up at the end of the year. The, if you're in that top ranking, then you get to go. So they, they, they threw a curveball there. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So after... How, how how does it feel? Because me being back in the day, because I'm retired from sports, <laughs> big family, and I had a enganchado cleats de football, but yeah. I went to Mexico and I put that jersey and it said Puerto Rico, and it's like surreal. Like uh, like the game is gonna yes. start. Like I was in shock. I had the jersey and I was like, oh okay, I have the Puerto Rican jersey. But once the game is gonna start, I was like, it's for real. And I was in Mexico. What's the feeling like when your first event and you had the Puerto Rican, like the uniform, like what's it's, that feeling? It's like you said, it's surreal. You're completely humbled. You're honored. You're, it means so much. And every person has their own story. So every person might, might describe it a little differently of what it feels because as much as they say, that's the goal, what gives, what gives that moment, true value is the journey and everybody had a different journey everybody had different struggles so when you get there and you get to put the jersey on that's what you think about like everything that you did to get there and now you're there and, that, and therefore that's why it does feel surreal that's why you some people we get overwhelmed when, when we cry or it's just like this intense adrenaline rush or whatever because the reason when you put it on and you see it, you're like damn like i did all these things all the i had to go through these injuries i had to jump through these hoops i had to do all this stuff i've been preparing like years for this and, yeah. and the moments here so it's very surreal um i my first experience was extremely surreal because my first time putting on a puerto rican uniform um for track and field in the pole vault was when i went to uno centroamericano juveniles in el salvador in 20 i think it was 2012 2013 um and i won gold so i got to put on the uniform and then i got to hear that in kenya and that in itself is just a whole other level of things that you yeah. could never imagine and nothing really even tops because you're like i was just trying to get here like you look at whatever happens afterwards happens yeah so it's, it's a very prideful humbling surreal like overwhelming moment and that's really the reason why we do it because especially like basketball gets paid football gets paid all this stuff track and field we don't get paid like we're just doing it because and we want we want that honor of wearing that name across our chest. They should so. pay everybody. My, they should pay everybody. In my, they opinion. should, but yeah, they should. But it's that, not the same. That's a, well, that's like a you, different you, track and field. You can break a world <laughs> track and field. You can break a world record, and you're still not going to make as much as the lowest paying guy on the NFL team. <laughs> but so you do it because you love it. So. Yeah. So after all that, after those, all those competitions, you go to the Olympics. Yes. How, like, this is for the fans and the people watching. I already know, because this is the second time we meet. I used to work in Puerto Rico, military installation, and 
I used to do sports with the kids and I, we did an interview and the kids were the ones, it was like the kids were the reporters and the Amara gave, took time and, and went also being that I used to study in the same base that she studied also. It was, it was really cool for the kids, but you go to the Olympics and you walk in ceremony. How, how is that? Cause yes, you go to these competitions, but all this is getting you ready to get to the, like, that's like the Super Bowl in track. Exactly. Like a lot of people think, Oh, I've prepared all year. I've prepared all month or all week. No, like getting to the Olympics. And like in my case, it was my first Olympics, but you prepare your whole life for that or take, or and in between cycles, you're, you're four years preparing for that one moment in between yep. to go to the Olympics. Um, and I was actually talking to, about this con mi pareja because you, you know, you met Eric and I mm-hmm. we're, still, we're still together and whatnot. Um, the other day where like people ask us all the time, like, how is it? And I, it's, again, it's surreal. And then to me, the best description, and I always say, I'm like, it's like a dream. You know, like when you wake up from a dream and you only remember bits and pieces, and then suddenly throughout the day, you remember something else that happened or something else that happened. And that's really what it is. The opening ceremony, like, I remember things all the time and I forget things all the time that later on I'm like, oh my God, yeah, there was like these dancing plants or yeah, there was this, like, we saw this person, like, yeah, we freaking saw Steph Curry. He was walking there with us because he was for Team USA and stuff like all those moments, the music that was playing, like you're just sitting there and you're trying to take it all in. And something else that I try to, that I usually say, I was like, it's like when you take a little kid to Disney for the first time and they're just standing there trying to take everything in and there's so much going on that you feel like you can't possibly really absorb all of it. So you, you go there and I went to the ceremony and we went back to the, to the Olympic village. And I remember just sitting there and you're still trying to like process, like what just happened. (laughs) And then when you walk into the stadium, that's just another thing entirely. Like I cried, I cried when I hit the standard, um, in, back in April when I first qualified, because I knew if I hit that mark, I'd get to go. So I remember, like, I was crying before I even hit the mat. And then after that, I, I was pretty fine until and I got to the open ceremony. I was overwhelmed there, but I didn't cry. But I walked into the stadium the day of the competition, and we were warming up, and I remember looking around, and I see the crowd, and my, my family was there and stuff, and I started crying because you just sit there, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm here. And again, it goes back to what I said earlier about you just think about everything that you went through to get here. Like, I left Puerto Rico. I left my mom and my family behind and everything because I knew that if I was going to get better, I had to go somewhere where I could train. And so I was leaving behind family and friends, and I was going to somewhere completely different, experiencing culture shock, going through injuries. I went through colleges and all that stuff to get there. And you're sitting there going like, oh, my God, like, I didn't think I was going to get here, like. No matter how positive you are, you never think like, wow, it ha- it's going to happen. Because you never like want to let yourself believe it that much. Because you're like, if it doesn't happen, it's going to break my heart. <laughs> so, so being over there before, before, before. Yeah. Huh? So when you, when you were over there, did you meet any any other athletes besides track? Oh, yeah. You meet everybody. I, I think that's part of the reason why it's so, like, it's so incredible. Like Panamericanos, it happens in Panamericanos, Centro, Majo, Meno, um, but Panamericanos especially, and the Olympic Games, both of those, because they, were, they are all sports, um, is where you sit there and you meet 
everybody and these are the and again we were, i was talking about this the other day we we're like you go to these places and people don't realize it's a whole other like feeling because you meet all these people that you would have that you would have never met in any other circumstances and you become friends with them and you hang out and you spend night and day with them and you wake up and you see them at breakfast and you go to dinner and you see them at dinner and lunch and all those times in between and you go and you hang out um you cheer each other on and then suddenly it's it's been a week, two weeks, and now everybody goes home. And you know that you're never going to see them again. <laughs> I was like, maybe next time. At the next, in another four years, I'll see you again. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really incredible. Like I'm, and you see all these big time athletes, and you realize, wait, I'm at the same thing they're at. That's like go again. You go to the Super Bowl, and you realize these people that you admired or you watched your whole life, and now they're there, and you're at the same playing field as them. Like I was getting your autograph two years ago, and now I'm competing against you. Or I was getting, I was, I've been watching you on TV, like Michael Phelps. We, we've, I've heard of Michael Phelps my entire life. Nothing prepares you for when Michael Phelps walks into the cafeteria and sits down a table away from you, and you realize, wait, we're both at the Olympic Games. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. That's crazy. So. So right now, right now, are you, like, what are your plans? Are you training? Are you training like for a specific um, competition or is there anything like any plans coming up? Um, right now, specifically, I'm training for Centroamericanos that are coming up in El Salvador. So we're, it all originally started for me. So it, it's an interesting experience to finally be able to make a team again. Um, because I made 2014 and 2018, two weeks before Centroamericanos in Barranquilla, I tore my ACL, so I didn't get to go. So now uh, here we are, 2023, at the next Centroamericanos, and, and I'm able to go, and it happens to be where I did my first junior Centroamericanos. So it, we're preparing for that. I leave, I leave next Saturday, and I compete the week after that. So two weeks from now, I'll be competing, and now we're just taking it a day at a time, a week at a time. Um, I had a lot of ups and downs, especially since Rio. I ended up getting two surgeries. I ended up COVID happened. I, I went through coaching changes. And I went through that period of questioning, hey, do I still really want to do this? So I've put my whole life on hold. Um, I've moved countless times. Yeah. Um, and so last year was kind of that year where, where we were like, do we, do we want to do this? And I, and I was struggling a lot mentally and that wasn't allowing me to excel physically. And when we realized, okay, we got to go back to basics. We got to go back to have fun. We got to go start taking it one thing at a time. And basically I stopped making this my job. For a while, completo, and I was like, this is going to be my, my number one thing. And I made it my job and suddenly it wasn't so fun anymore. So now it's kind of become what it always was, that, that release, that hobby, like this is my regular life. And then I get to go to the track and I get to just let it all out. And so that's what we're kind of doing now. And it's, changed things a whole bunch and we're just working that transition and getting ready for centros in two weeks yes that's really cool we're almost we're almost done so there's a few more questions for yeah now that you're getting ready for centroamericano all that for all these kids i always ask all the athletes that i interview all these kids that want to do well, your sport povo because you do povo mm -hmm. like, what advice what advice you have for them growing up that they want to do pole vault, what you got for them? Um, first of all, if they're even thinking about it, then they're already a step ahead for all these kids because especially coming from Puerto Rico, like 
we didn't know that existed. We didn't know that was an option. Like I didn't know it was an option until I was 17 and I'm competing against these girls that they've been doing it since they were like eight. So I'm like, oh, I'm really like behind here. So um, the fact that conocimiento and, and people are now learning about the sport and, and the opportunity that's there, that's already like a huge step because now you know it exists and something that you could try just like you would try swimming or basketball or volleyball. Um, I also would say that um, it's one of those things uh, you just gotta you gotta want it like more than anything because it's not gonna be easy in any sport whether it be pole vaulting track ball anything you're gonna hear no more times than you're gonna hear yes and you're gonna hear a lot of people telling you you can't do it um, but at the end of the day what matters is what you think so and it does take a village. And even it might not be your family. Like some people are like, oh, my parents don't support me doing it. Well, it doesn't have to be your family. Sometimes I've had friends that it's their coach and their coach is their number one supporter. And they're sitting there going like, you can do it. I'll pick you up. I'll drop you off. We'll find the equipment. We'll find a track. Sometimes it's your friend. Sometimes, like there's always somebody in your corner. Like you just got to find them. And that person is going to help you figure it out. Like when things look bleak and you, you got to drive two hours. Like I got kids here that there's no pole vault facility and they'll drive two hours north once or twice a week to go pole vault at the only pole vault facility that they have. So it's something that you got to want. It's something that you have to be willing to fight for. And more than anything, you got to love it. So whatever you choose to do, whether it be pole vault or anything else, do something that you love because that's what's going to get you through those times that you struggle because you're going to realize, no, I really want this. I'm, I have fun with it. I, it's just something that I want. Um, and reach out to people. It doesn't have to be people you know. Like My Instagram's out there. It's public for a reason. I don't have it on private because I want anybody and anybody to be able to write and reach out and be like, hey, what should I do? And it happens all the time. Hey, how do I get better in this? Or hey, do you know of somewhere that I can go to get help. People from other states in Texas, hey, do you know how I can do this? And I'm like, yeah, I do know somebody in Texas. Why don't you reach out to them? Like, look for the resources. They're out there. You just got to look for it. So we'll finish off with this. Um, first, I want to say thank you. I've been holding this since the first time <laughs> you went to the base. And, and I oh, still Lord. hold it because I have, I have my... my TikTok account. I have three accounts there. I have my podcast. I have my collectibles. I have cards. I collect a lot of stuff. And yeah, I want to say thank you for, for giving this to me <laughs> that day. And I showed it to my fiance and she was like, oh man, that's from the Olympics. I've been holding this and you yep. signed it and everything. I'm showing it to everybody. She's amazing. Go yep. follow her. If you're an athlete and you need support, like she said, hey, we need more people like you because there's a lot of athletes. People like try to talk and they don't answer back, but we need to help each other. It doesn't matter if we yeah, compete against each other. We got to help each other. And if we have the resources, help somebody out. But I just want to say, Yamara, thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity, for taking your time and this small episode, just taking your time and just just talk about you and what you're doing is just amazing for me, especially I'm growing doing podcasts. And for me doing this interview with all you athletes, it's amazing. And I get excited because I'm growing. So I'm getting better every episode and I'm going to get better. And hopefully after your, your competitions, next Olympics, whatever 
whatever future you have, hopefully we get another interview with, with more exciting news and hopefully, hopefully it happens. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Now, like you said, uh, we have to help each other out, whether it be with the podcast, whether it be in training and circumstances, but there's always somebody out there that's willing to help. So, uh, people are going to, like I said, ask 10, ask 10, 20 people that because of those 20, five might answer back. And those are five more interviews that you have. So you just got to ask worst, worst case scenario. They say no. Yeah. <laughs> Best case they say yes. Yeah. So they're going to say no, but it's like some doors were closed and there's a lot of doors yep. that were open. You just, it's like you said, like in your sport, you got to want it. So once somebody says yep. no, you go to you the next one. And only you lose. Yep. You only lose. And you only fail. If you don't try, if you try, you know. you're winning. If you quit, it's game over. But uh, the Amara, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for, for taking the time, like I said. And, and te deseo lo mejor en estas próximas competencias en El Salvador. Y hopefully you bring that gold medal to Puerto Rico. Yeah, thank you. I hope so. Um, pero nada, te, gracias. En verdad, lo aprecio y cuídate mucho. All right. There you have it. The Amara Planet. <laughs> from Puerto Rico, from the Puerto Rican national team. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.